It's a chilly fall day in November 2011, and I am outside, backyard in my home in Franklinton, North Carolina, and I am stacking wood for our family's wood stove. Um, it's chilly, but I'm like sweating my brains out because I'm trying to work really quickly because I'm trying to finish stacking all this wood so I can go to a movie with some friends with. I have my iPod Nano in the back pocket of my ripped jeans, and I'm listening to I'd Love to Change the World by 10 Years After, and You Get What You Give by The New Radicals. And every time I hear those songs, I'm briefly reminded of those moments in time. So last week, I started talking about this moment where I discovered Weezer's Blue Album, but talking about that made me start to think about the connection between visualization, memory, and music, and what those three things and the way they are connected has done for my development as a musician. I'm a visual thinker, as I'm sure a lot of you are. When I'm listening to a song, if I'm not necessarily like trying to intently listen to a mix or dissect something in the song or pull something out of it, you know, I'm seeing scenes and pictures in the back of my mind. And I do think there's a strong connection between visualization and music. I think it's kind of an inherent part of the human relation to music. I mean, just listen to anything by Debussy. You know, it's, it's visual. So with all this talk of imagery and scenes and music you may be inclined to think that this discussion is heading towards the idea of music videos, but uh, it's not. But what I want to communicate today is how I feel imagery and visuals inspire and facilitate music when it's being created, not after it's been created. So I'm just going to take a brief moment to list some movies and TV shows that I feel like have deeply impacted me as a person. And those movies are Fantastic Mr. Fox, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Napoleon Dynamite, Spaceballs, Adventure Time, Chowder. Now, I could talk for hours about all of these shows and movies, but I can't. But what I can talk about briefly is the things, the elements from these movies that I feel have impacted me as a musician that I've then taken and put into my music. So here we go. But, so the first element I want to talk about is sound design. And I feel like a movie that's really greatly impacted my idea of sound design and music is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. When I write a song, I don't want you to just hear the song, I want you to be able to see the song. Edgar Wright does such a great job of world design. I mean, because he's, there are like so many, there's like an 8-bit intro, there's 8-bit music kind of playing in the background, there are like Legend of Zelda noises that he uses to cue certain moments, and it's just a really effective use of world building with sound design. I want to be able to do that just as effectively in music using the same sort of 
elements and you know the whole concept is world building and i think edgar wright does a really good job of that in scott pilgrim versus the world don't cuss and point you're gonna cuss with someone you're not gonna cuss with me you little cuss so this next one may be a bit of a stretch but i feel like from a movie like fantastic mr fox and honestly most of wes anderson's movies in general i'm a big wes anderson fan but my favorite's fantastic mr fox i think i gained a sense of symmetry from that movie. Symmetrical shots are like a really big part of Wes Anderson's style. But I feel like seeing that symmetry has made me consider symmetry in my mixes and in the songs that I put out as an artist because at the end of the day, it's still a mix is still a matter of symmetry. You know, you have a left and a right balance. Should you choose to shift that balance or make it you know make it unbalanced or have it be balanced in certain moments I think there should be a purpose for that I think you know it's like why am I choosing to make this left heavy why am I choosing to make this right heavy what's the end goal what's the bigger picture and how all of this fits together merchandising come I'll show you open up this door <laughs> feel like a common theme between like directors and filmmakers at least from what I've seen in like interviews and stuff and then like video documentaries and shit is like this idea of what is and what isn't in the shot comedy movies like Spaceballs I think really hit that point home for me what is and what isn't in the shot can be really effective for comedies and stuff oh this one scene happens but there's this like really funny thing off to the side and boom funny thing enters the shot and it's unexpected as a music producer it's like okay what am i choosing to hide from the listener at this moment that i'm then going to bring in later and am i how am i going to bring that item in and as a producer i try to like keep these things keep that concept of like what isn't here right now and what's going to be there later in mind when I'm making a, making a song and like adding elements because I think taking things out and then surprising your audience is a really effective way to add to that sense of world building and symmetry that we were talking about just a few seconds ago. And then we have, you know, shows like Chowder and Adventure Time and movies like Napoleon Dynamite. I think at the end of the day, what these movies and shows really taught me was just to be comfortable with myself because they're all very heavily stylized and they're kind of weird but we're all kind of like stylized and weird at the end of the day and as a music producer you know sometimes I feel like my music can be kind of weird but because of those shows and how weird they were you know it makes me feel comfortable as a music producer and as an artist putting that stuff out there because it doesn't make me feel isolated. I have those things to look to as inspiration for weird stuff that was successful. But I think there's a lot to be gained from literature, you know, and movies. And there are a lot of things that, concepts that I read in books that I saw presented in movies that have just completely just blown my mind and greatly impacted how I approach making music. So 
you take a movie like Shutter Island and Martin Scorsese, director, uses varying cinematic elements and editing choices to create this idea of the unreliable narrator in the film. And it's a it's a catcher in the rye convers you know, it's a catcher in the rye kind of scenario, you know, can we trust the information we are being fed from our primary narrator? I love I love that shit. And I'm and I'm trying to do that in my music. And I think that's for me where this idea of memory, music, and visualization all interact. Because I write from a point of self introspection a lot. You know, I may be writing about a scenario or a situation, but a lot of times I'm writing it from a perspective of self-analysis. You know, how did I, how do I view my own character and my own being in that moment in time? And, you know, I will also additionally reflect on the situation itself and how I felt in that moment. You know, big old, big old butt. Are my feelings of that situation accurate? They may be valid. They may be validated, uh, but are they are they true? Like, as a, if you were a third person observer to that situation, would you necessarily agree with how I'm choosing to feel about this? So there are a lot of songs that I write where I do question the validity of my own feelings, and a lot of times when I find myself in those situations, I'll use things like heavy auto tune and distortion to sort of represent this idea of an unreliable narrator. The voice that you're hearing, you know, in your head isn't my natural voice. It's been affected. I've manipulated it. And I really like using things like autotune and distortion to represent that idea of an of myself as an unreliable narrator. It just it just makes it fun. You know, I just it's a fun way to produce music for me. You know, I just realized though that Lucas, you've been, you've been pretty quiet, buddy. Are you all right, man? You know, is there, is there something about this whole conversation of music and memory that's, that's got you down, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Our our first date was actually a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. Uh, back in the early days, you know, when they performed naked with nothing but tube socks over their schlongs, you know. We used to laugh. place right now, Corey. 